Welcome to the Aegeas Podcast Studio 2030, in which we bring you big questions, big ideas and big debates about the future and how we can all navigate our way towards success. In this second season, you will get to know some of the great minds and inspiring people working at Aegeas. We'll ask them the tough questions you wouldn't dare to ask, all the while learning from their careers and finding out what it is like to work for one of the biggest insurance companies in the world. to Studio 2030. I'm your host, Janka Vlierakkers, and today I'm joined by Wim Hilliams, who recently got appointed CFO at Aegeas. Welcome, Wim. Thank you. It's great to be here. Now, let me first congratulate you with your new position. While the marriage between you and Aegeas is still young, I would like to ask you a question inspired by an American wedding tradition. If you had to choose something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue, what would it be? That's not an easy question. And I have to admit, I would not even know what to choose if it would have been for my actual wedding. But, <laughs> but I will give it a try for this new function. Uh, first, something, something old. old. Uh, for something old, I would definitely like to keep and appreciate the strengths of this company. On the question of something new, I hope to have the right vision on what we need as a company to be successful in the future growth phase. GS is a company with a lot of growth opportunities on which we need to capitalize in a balanced way. On something borrowed, I think we should never be afraid to look at our peers. What do they do well? What can we learn from them? It's often much easier to be inspired by others than try to figure out everything ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now, in a way, your job is not that new to you because over the last eight years, you were the CFO at AG, the Belgian subsidiary, of Aegeas. We'll talk about the difference between both jobs later, but first, please enlighten me. What does a CFO actually do all day? Yeah, it's true. Not everybody knows what a CFO does. The CEO is the one who sets the strategic direction, energizes the business and safeguards alignment with the goals. On the other hand, the CFO is often considered the numbers person who safeguards the financial health of the company and drives to optimize the value creation. The CFO will safeguard that we maintain the right balance in the various initiatives we initiate. What can we afford to do at what time? Does the plan add up financially? When do we expect our returns? And how does an initiative affect our solvency position? And of course, important, will we be able to pay dividends? Okay, so and how did you become a CFO? Well, as for every function, there is not one predefined career path. A CFO can have different backgrounds and approaches. As for me, it helped that I have done a lot of pure actual and financial analysis work early in my career. So that means diving into the numbers, trying to understand them, and then come up with easy-to-use conclusions. Mm -hmm. Next, in my career, it was more about understanding what's driving the business. For this, I found it very useful to have done different functions and to have business experience. These different experiences helped me to see new opportunities and risks. And what was crucial for me in taking up these different roles was to leave my comfort zone repeatedly mm. yeah, and to have real experience to test if I was also able to implement my insights and advice. 
Now, as a CFO, you are at the center of important decisions being taken on the corporate level. I think we all kind of wonder what really goes on in board meetings. Can you take us into the boardroom and give us an example on how you interact? Sure. A typical boardroom discussion can be about different things. Uh, but as an example, let's take a decision about an investment, say a new IT system, a new business or a new product. Okay. First, each one of the members will try to make sure they understand exactly what the file is about. So there's no misunderstanding about the proposal. Okay. Next, we will have somebody defending the case and the different board members stating their opinion. There are always pros and cons. It's never black or white. We discuss, try to convince each other with arguments. It's certainly not about vetoing things. At least that's not the culture at Aegeus. And at a certain moment, you feel that you can land somewhere with a majority going in a particular direction. Personally, I believe strongly in checks and balances and making sure all the opinions are heard in agreeing to disagree while committing to a decision. I think that's how a company needs to work. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, you were the CFO at AGIG for eight years. How different is it to be CFO at GS? Well, in terms of pure finance technical content, it's quite similar. What's new is I will have more exposure to the world of analysts and the world of debt and equity investors. And that's something I'm looking forward to. Also, the international dimension is more important, and that's something I like. Uh, it means finding out and being open to understand how things work in different countries. How will a decision be understood in different cultures? How can you have an optimal impact in a different environment? As someone who has learned so much from working in other countries, I'm really looking forward to this part of the job. Looking at your resume, I must say that you switched positions quite often at the beginning of your career. And you also spent some years in Eastern Europe as well. How did that happen? Yeah, you're right. I've had the real pleasure of having many different jobs. I've been an expat. I've been a CFO before. I've been a CEO. I've been chief risk officer during the financial crisis. I've been head of life, head of employee benefits. Mm. And I think it's very important that if you want to develop your career and learn that you have to be open for new challenges and opportunities. Uh, I just have been very lucky to have all these different opportunities already very early on in my career. And although as a person in my work, I tend to be more analytical uh, in decision taking and be very well prepared, uh, when considering a new job, I'm, I'm quite different. And sometimes you don't have to think too much, just jump. jump yeah. Luckily, my wife and kids were always willing and able to support me. Yeah, I was thinking about that because living abroad must have had quite an impact on your children. Yeah, indeed, it was not always that obvious. Um, during one period of my career, I changed jobs and countries even every two to three years. Mm -hmm. But the family adapted nicely and did great. Uh, my children, as they say, really blossomed in an international environment. Mm. Uh, and we had one big advantage. We have three children, and that's already a small crowd. <laughs> so every time they had to enter a new school, they never felt alone. So they felt like the three musketeers. Indeed. <laughs> okay. Now tell me how these expat experiences helped to shape you as a person. Well, for me, working in an international environment is about learning from and adapting to different culture. And that's 
in itself is already very enriching. It means you must be open to discover and learn what's good in a new company. And you have to build on these strengths to become even better. If you are in a new job and a new environment, I always feel that you have to avoid saying from day one, look, we should approach this differently. Uh, this is not the right way to do things. Uh, also, don't say this will not work. <laughs> Such an approach will create resistance to change. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the best way to get a good start in a new company? In the beginning, take your time and listen. Uh, just listen, observe, try to understand, take notes, ask questions, show interest. And don't try to rush in with an action plan that you have defined somewhere in your corner. You should start from the premise that every company has its strengths and try to build on those strengths. So ask people on the ground what they would like to do differently. Mm -hmm. And they all have an opinion about that. And build on their input to define a way forward. That way, you try to bring about change that people can commit to. But once that way forward has been defined, hold them accountable for their contribution to what they wanted to change. Yeah. I'm not saying that this approach will not uh, create resistance, but in this approach, you can link back to the fact that the ideas were already in their heads. Mm. That means you're not an outsider coming in to tell them how things should be done. It's about realizing their own ambitions. And I strongly believe that as humans, we are capable of continuous improvement. And if we do not improve, I believe that in most cases, it's due to other external environments. So if something is not going the way you would like it, don't always look at the person, look at the environment. Mm -hmm. Now, building on that experience, is it a good idea to regularly change jobs and seek international experiences too? Absolutely. Now, <laughs> with a big smile. With a big <laughs> smile. It's smart to change jobs from time to time. Not every year, of course, but uh -huh. probably every three to five years. And foreign experience can be extra enriching. Um, I think it's also important to choose then a company that supports that philosophy. And regular internal job moves and foreign experience is something that's high on the agenda of a mm -hmm. genius. Now, can you give examples on where you improved over the years as a person? Yeah, I'm also just too human. Eh? So if you're long in a function, you get stuck in your habits. Okay, you're already apologizing yourself. Yeah, I'm already <laughs> apologizing, but I'm not creating what a defense. What is going to happen? Tell us. But like many others, I'm too often convinced that I know better. But if you change a job, you improve your self-insights. Because every time, every new job is an opportunity to do things differently and try to do better. Yeah, yeah. And when I do the same thing for too long, I start micromanaging. Ooh. Yes. Now I try to be aware of that and deal with it. Okay. Yeah. And after you just started a new job, you're obliged to spend most of your time learning, listening and taking notes. And then afterwards comes the phase of working on the improvements together with the Aegeus colleagues. As a CFO in an insurance company, is it possible to develop your own style? After all, it's a very regulated business and everybody is monitoring you closely. I really think you can. And you should even have your own approach in every function. The only thing is that the higher you get in a company, the more you should be aware that everything you do is looked at by more people. So you have to be very consistent in what you say. Yeah? Mm -hmm. 
when you are just starting out, yeah, and you can say A one day, B the next day, and this has limited consequences. When senior executives do this, they leave a large part of the organization puzzled. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that you can't have your own opinion and speak your mind. I'm only saying that you should be very conscious on how you say something. Yeah. Now, <laughs> what I'm about to ask you probably is the worst question you could ask someone who just got started in a new job, but I'm still going to ask it. How long are you going to do this? Because what follows once you get to a C-level job at an international company? Well, I think it's a very valid question. Huh? And not only a question for me personally, I think it's also a question we have to address as a society. I think it's important that you can take on different roles in your career and that it should not always be the traditional way up. So I'm not saying that I'm going to do this for the next 15 years. It might be even a bad idea that I do this for the next 15 years. You should keep a job as long as you have impact, as long as you add value. Uh, And after that, if that's no longer the case, you may be better off doing something else, maybe even at a lower level or at in a function with a more restricted focus. Mm. Well, that seems rather unconventional. We always expect a promotion. A demotion sounds like something negative. You're right, but I think we need to change that perception. Uh, as a society, we should evolve so that it becomes more accepted that your career can go up and down within a company. Yeah? And that there's nothing wrong with that. It happened to me even before in my career. At one time, I was responsible for an entire business line. And a few days later, I took up a specialist position without direct reports. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means that the job or the salary doesn't always have to go up to be motivated. I did very interesting things in small companies abroad where I could have a lot of impact and move things around that change something. And looking back, I think that's really what it is about for me. And that's making a difference. Okay. Thank you, Wim, for being my guest. We learned a lot about being a CFO today. I wish you the best of luck in your new job. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Studio 2030, brought to you by Aegeas. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. For more information on Aegeas, please check out the company website at aegeas.com. Be sure to take a look at our careers page or dive into even more HR-related topics. Enjoy, until next time. Music